those that have a part in this service today. And to you, the saints of the Most High God, it is a joy to be in the land of the living at a time like this. I appreciate what I have felt. I appreciate what the Lord has done today, what I have seen. And I thank God for the holy hush and the Spirit of the Lord that has filled this Freedom Hall as we stand here in the presence of our King. I am aware that this is a crisis time in the world, not only in the world, but it is a crisis time in the church. And we've come today to open God's Word. When nothing else can do it, God's Word can do for us what we need. I have no intentions of being here today to be praised of men. I have no intentions of coming to try to sway an audience. I came with one thought in my mind, and that satisfy the caller of my soul and the one that called me into this ministry. And when I ask him for a message, and I ask him for the words to speak to this audience today, he gave them to me. And I ask him now to stand by me, and I know that he will. And I want you to bow your head for just a short moment. And I feel that we ought to ask God to give us hearts that are receptive like we've never had before that we can lay aside everything and look straight into the will and the face of Almighty God. And there we can see the lingering desire of the God of heaven, the God of this church, the name that gave us the birth of the Spirit. We can look into His face and listen to Him speak. Lord, we need You today. And this is a time that all of heaven the attention of the Pentecostal world is focused on this Freedom Hall and I ask you to be with us now open your word to us God that we could give you the praise and the honor and the glory that men would be blessed that men would be ignited that we would be moved as we've never been moved before that the kingdom of God might be blessed and uplifted be near us now we ask it in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. You may be seated. I would like to be able to tell you that I feel at home, but this don't look like home. Therefore, I can't say that I feel at home. But I want to be allowed today to preach to you from my heart what I feel in my heart and what I feel in my soul. I have asked God sincerely to allow me to put out of my mind and out of my heart and out of my thinking some things that I would like to do, but I feel that I would transgress the plan and the Spirit of God. And therefore, with my mind and heart locked in to the message that God gave to me, I humbly submit this text to you as that that God spoke to me. Jeremiah chapter 18, I'm going to read verses 1 through 6, 
Matthew chapter 4 verses 18 to 20. Verse 1, chapter 18, Jeremiah, the word of the Lord, which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause thee to hear my words. And then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels, and the vessels that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again, another vessel, as seemed good to the potter to make it. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, cannot I do with you as this potter, saith the Lord? Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in mine hand, O house of Israel. Matthew chapter 4, and I read verses 18 to 20. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter, and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And I want to use for a subject for the next little while a day at the potter's house. A day at the potter's house. There are some places that we go, we go for a visit, we never forget. I can recall vividly some of the homes, some of the places that I've been that I'll remember as long as I live. The happenings seem to be brought back to me by memory that can use the brush and paint a picture more vivid than any artist that ever lived. And you watch the minute details as they take form and they come into being and you see them. But then when you stop and analyze it all, you wonder, what have I seen? Thus it would be if you could understand and if we together could go to the potter's house and watch him work today. There is a difference in his clay and ordinary clay. Potter's clay starts off with a dry powder and the very fact that the, pow pow the powder is dry and the clay is in this form tells us that somewhere, someplace before arriving at the wheel of the potter, there had to be a grinding, a making, a breaking, a getting ready to get on that wheel. Some clay cannot be used because it is not tempered correctly. It is not 
pliable enough. But when we begin to understand the potter and his work, we look at clay that holds no lumps because that vessel must be a vessel that's smooth, a vessel that's good to look upon, a vessel that's pleasing to the eye, a vessel that's pleasing to the touch. If he finds clay that's not suitable, back to the furnace it goes, back to the grinder's wheel it goes, ground into fine powder, and it's brought back again where it can be used and made according to the desire of the potter as he works on the wheel. I look at this potter's house and the potter's wheel. The young lady told me in her art class, Brother Foss, we had to make a vessel. And out of over 200 students, there was only one vessel that was accepted. She said, I work with this. My mother became wrought at me. I sit there and with a little wheel that we had made, I fixed it, I broke it, I ground it, I refixed it. I made it the way I wanted it, seven times over. And out of 150, only one vessel was chosen. And it was that vessel that was made over seven times. When I listened to that, I thought, oh God, is it possible that I could go and spend the day at a potter's house and you could take me in your hands and make me what you want me to be, the way you'd like for me to be, that you can receive the honor and the glory that belongs to the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. I am aware that there is a desire in the bosom of all young men. They want to be a success. A lot of us measure success in a strange sort of a way. We look at men in their glory. We look at men at the highest pinnacle that they can get on. And we say, oh, if I could be like that man. And my heart hurts me when I look at young men in the Pentecostal church today that seems to lose sight of what God really wants and they're trying to be a stereotype of somebody else. I want to preach like somebody else. I want to talk like somebody else. I want to act like somebody else. But oh God, take us to the potter's house and make us what you want us to be. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God desperately needs men. Not just men as men, but men that are willing to take 
that journey and go to the potter's house. It's a hard thing to be seated in satisfaction and to be cradled in the arms of success and then through the move of the Spirit make up your mind that I am going to be broken that I will willingly go and climb upon that potter's wheel and allow him to take his hand and break and mold and shape and fix me like he wants me to be hallelujah hallelujah I've looked at great men and I was reared in the home of one of the greatest that ever lived and I've looked at that man and down deep in my heart I've wondered God will I ever be like my dad can I ever reach the point that he's reached but then God doesn't want me to reach that point he wants me to get on the potter's wheel and let God make out of me what this kingdom needs for this hour and this day hallelujah our emphasis at times are misplaced we put an emphasis on a lot of things that God has got to grind out of us and take away from us I want you to look at a man if you can allow your minds to take a journey back into ancient Egypt and let's see what the potter's wheel does for a man a man that was born a proper child that was placed in kings palaces that had long flowing robes that had everything that a man could desire he had his command men that he could call and beck at his beck and they would be there he had everything that he desired but God had a people that was blistering their faces at the kills of the brick furnace their hands were bleeding because of the gathering of straw their backs were breaking because of the burden and God needed a man that could go and understand those people and a prince in a king's palace could not do it he took him to the backside of a desert and in the Midian desert you hear the call of this man he says the burden is too great for me I cannot bear it why have you allowed it to come and fall on me this way but God could not use the eloquence of a man in his position he had to break him before a burning bush and watch him strip his shoes from his feet and stand there trembling and shaking when God began to put him on the potter's wheel I hope you don't miss me right here I got something I want to show you there is a difference in a man that's been broken on a potter's wheel and a man that knows nothing about the burning bush I've heard this statement recently and I the youth committee will understand this statement I love young people 
that's not all I love. I love this great United Pentecostal Church. I've heard the statement that Moses, it's time to put him aside and let's let Joshua take us across Jordan. But they would have never reached Jordan if there had not been a man that had gone to the potter's house and stayed all day and allowed God to make him and bring this great church to where we are. Look at it, my friend. God knew what he needed. A man with a heart that could sympathize with a sick nation and a sick people. A man that could listen to the complaints of people that were complaining to God. A man that could put aside all carnal reasoning and say, God, not now. If you can't forgive them, don't you forgive me and blot me out. Maybe that don't mean anything to you, but the burning bush is what made him able to crawl into the presence of God and begin to tug on the coattail of God Almighty and say, I know that you said that you'd make me a great nation. I know that you said you would wipe them out and you would take them off the face of the earth. I'm aware of that, God, but that's not what I want. This is your people. And if you can't forgive them, don't let me live either. And he turned God around. God is looking for men that'll go to the potter's house. But we need a Joshua. He had his place, but not like Moses. Joshua cried and said, God, God, what are we going to do when people hear that Israel is fleeing before the enemies? And God said, will you get them together and I'll show you what's wrong. And he found a man with a wedge of gold and shekels of silver and a Babylonian garment. Joshua was not interested really in the people at this particular point. He was interested in what the people are going to say. What are they going to say about us? Instead of Joshua going to his face and saying, God, I know that Achan was wrong. I know that. But I believe that in his power, he could have had that feeling that God, you can forgive. But at the words of the Lord, he picked up a stone. The same God that said, I'll kill him to Moses. Moses turned him around. The same God told Joshua, kill him. But he never one time asked God, would you reconsider? God knows this church needs men that's got a shepherd's heart. God knows this church needs men that's not crying, give me my desire. No matter what becomes of the church, let me do what I want to do. But we need men that can have a desire to see this church rise and move a man that's been broken on the potter's wheel. God, you can't forgive them. You don't forgive me. 
that potter's wheel today if you go to the potter's house we'll do something for you I'd like for you to look as I hasten on I'd like for you to look again at another example when that uh, I listened to my son tell me about different people that he heard preach recently one of them has been an outstanding man in my heart and I've looked over this audience and three of the greatest men that have been my ideals throughout Pentecost is seated in front of me today when he told me daddy I heard so and so I said son I can tell you sermons that that man preached in Long Beach California I can give you the text I can give you the subject I can tell you what I heard seeing Jesus through the eyes of the Apostle Peter I can tell you what I heard going to the judgment with others I can tell you what I heard Vestai when he gave the biography of that man I can tell you that but listen to me sir there is one that's greater than all the men that I've ever known and if you can journey with me into the hills of ancient Jerusalem I'd like for you to look at him today go to a manger look into a stable stall and there you see his beginning born of a virgin wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger see him when he was taken to the temple there he was offered and circumcision took place listen to the priest as he said God let me depart in peace now for my eyes have seen the salvation of the Lord watch him at the age of 12 when he stood and he talked to the doctors of law and all of the men of renown and they were amazed at what he said watch him in the moment of glory when he stood and cried the spirit of the Lord is upon me he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor the recovering of the sight to the blind and that I can set at liberty them that are bruised I would like for you to see him as he walked up to a blind man and spit on the the rippling of the spirit when he looked at a leper and said be thou clean and his hand was made clean again I wish that I could stand you at the funeral possession on the road of name and watch him as he spoke into a casket and said come forth my ideal above all others there he is he stood at the grave of Lazarus and spoke to them he stood on the bow of a ship and the wind and the waves obeyed his voice when he said peace be still oh friend I wish you could see him when a little woman that had nothing to offer eased up and touched the hem of his garment and he stopped and said, somebody touched me. I'm speaking to preachers today. I'm speaking to young men today. You're screaming, you're crying, apostolic ministry. 
you're crying give us apostolic revival I'm telling you what apostolic revival is all about you really don't want apostolic ministry that's not what you're looking for the apostles preach all of their time young men submit yourself to the elders apostolic ministry is that really what we want here is your ideal he stands do you really tell me that you want to go and do what Jesus done in all of his glory I look at us today when we pray for the sick and they're healed when we lay hands on somebody that's possessed of a devil and that demon is cast out when we see miracles at our hands something happens to us on the inside what about your ideal in the blaze of glory in the cradle of the power of God when everything was alright when men were taking off their coats and laying them in the floor and on the ground and waving palm branches Hosannas, Hosannas, the zenith of his life. No, not really. Because one day he told his disciples, Would you go with me? I got to go to the potter's house. And he started toward Gethsemane. Upon reaching the garden, he told those men, Would you stay here and pray? while I go just a little bit further and daddy I remember the first time I ever heard that preached in my life in a camp meeting you preached and he went a little bit further I remember that but oh when he went and bowed his head he made a journey to a potter's house that the glory of healing the blind the glory of feeding the multitude the glory of speaking to the waves the glory of fixing the leper again faded into obscurity when he silently climbed upon the potter's wheel and it began to turn and he bowed his head and said let this cup pass from me but that cup could not pass not just one time the second time he prayed again but finally on the third prayer he began to turn the potter's wheel and the grinding of the sand and the clay began to happen when he said not my will but thine be done Hold it. Calvary is the result of a day at the potter's house. How long did it last? It lasted coming out of the garden. That wheel turned with spit running down his face. The plucking of his beard. The beating of his head with a reed. It lasted standing condemned to die. It lasted on when he gave his back to a scourging post. What are you doing, oh, 
that I can stay here. The kingdom needs me more than anything else. I've got to give myself to this potter's wheel. And finally, in the closing moments, the greatest glory that he's ever known, he laid down on the cross and they drove the nails into his hands. And with the driving of the nails, the bursting of the bone, the tearing of the flesh, the moving of it all, they raised him up. They run their hands over the vessel. Now it was made. There was no lumps. There was no cracks. There was no broken places. Everything was all right. And by the move of the Spirit, He lifted up Himself. The sun began to draw a veil over its face. The earth began to shake and tremble because the potter's wheel had finally fixed that which was perfect. And Jesus bowed His head and said, It is finished. A day at the potter's house. Some of you have never been to the potter's house. You don't know what it is to be there and let him break you. If he had stopped with the miracles, I wouldn't have been here today. If he would have stopped with the feeding of the thousands, you wouldn't have had the Holy Ghost. If he would have stopped short of Calvary, there would have been no Seoul, Korea. There would be no work in India. There wouldn't have been 10,000 in Thailand. There wouldn't have been anything in the Philippines. But because he allowed himself to stay at the potter's house, oh, that God would give us men. That'll say, let me spend the day at the potter's house. I could go on today. Time will be over in five more minutes. But let me bring to you one other thing. There was a man, an apostle, who did not glory in what he had done. But his potter's house lasted all of his life. Lasted all of the day. I was beaten. I was shipwrecked. I was stoned. What's the matter, Paul? You prayed a prayer on the Damascus Road that said, Not my will, but thine be done sitting under the sound of my voice are young men that wants to do something for God get your mind off of other men that you think's great and put your mind in the potter's house and what you want with me that's what I want to be take me to the potter's house
Paul, you had eloquence, yes. You had it all. When did you finally get off of the wheel, Paul? I don't suppose I ever did. Because you know in the final moments that I wrote, I wrote to Timothy, I fought a good fight and I've kept the faith and now then there's a crown laid up for me. God is looking over this audience today in search of evangelist. Who do you want to be like? Name him. It makes me sick to hear a man get up and when I see him get up I can tell you where he's been. I can tell you who he sounds like. I can tell you what he acts like. But there's another secret there. When a man has been with Jesus, I can also tell you when he's been to the potter's house. Five missions in this building. God is searching out a missionary. But you've got to go to the potter's house before you can do that. How good you sing, how well you preach. But it's can you spend the day at the potter's house? The potter's house may take you in the many places. You look at great men, it may take you in the path of an assassin's bullet. Let you linger for years, but yet you're at the potter's house. Have you ever noticed some of our greatest men have never pastored our greatest churches? They've struggled, barely getting along, but yet they're the gut issue of this church. They're the greatest men we have. Their potter's day at the potter's house has kept them there all their lives. Are you willing to go? to the potter's house for just a day. One day in the potter's house. In closing, I'd like for you to remember you've got to be what He wants you to be. The kingdom needs you. Are you willing to go and get on the wheel and let Him break you? This church swings in a balance. This church is on the brink of the greatest thing we've ever known. God, give us some men that can go to the potter's wheel and say, here I am, God. Make me what you want me to be. We want to be great, but we don't really want to go to the potter's wheel and be broken. God's looking for men that He can break. Are you the man? Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
think it over. God, here I am. Not what I want to be. Not my desire. But God, what you want in your kingdom more than anything else. Hear me, church. Somebody better go to the potter's wheel today. Break me, Lord. Grind me. Korea is calling. IYC is calling. The Philippines is calling. China soon will beckon. India is calling. Australia screams. Nobody wants to go to the potter's wheel. Let me go. Let me go. But the path to success in God takes you to the potter's house. When you come out, nobody will recognize you. But you won't really care. You won't care what they think about you. You won't care what they say. Because you see the potter has got a hold of me. And he's made me really what I am. I will make you if you'll follow me. I will make you. I will make you. I come to this conference after many days of prayer fasting and seeking God. Every time I open the book what I've preached to you today seemed to scream at me. Are you willing to go to the potter's house? Not only does the foreign land scream but look at the United Pentecostal Church. Today is our day. God is looking for men inside this church that'll say, take me to the potter's house. Take me to the potter's house. You can visit and be a spectator. This will not help you. But when you can pray that prayer, not my will, but thine be done. For this church and for my life then by praying that prayer you climb upon the spinning wheel of the potter he begins to make you to fit into this kingdom like he wants you there are some keys that God has not yet found do you want to be that key come with me to the potter's house Put yourself on the wheel and say, Here I am, God. If you want to break me, five, ten, ever how many times it takes, make me what you want me to be. And then people won't recognize you for what you used to be. But they'll see you as you come off of the potter's wheel. That man has been with God. My desires grow dim. My ambitions, I lose them. The more I stay with Him, the more I want to do 
what he wants me to do. The more my earthly desires begin to fade as I spin on that potter's wheel. My trials no longer are hard to bear when I can understand he's making me and I shall come forth tried as gold. The words of the church when he cried buy of me gold tried in the fire. Have you ever considered what the price of gold is? You want that gold? Come with me to the potter's house. And Lord, not my will, but thine be done. Would you bow your heads for just a moment? about the Holy Ghost is speaking to our hearts so beautiful how God can take the word begin to place things into focus Make us feel like we're standing once more at the foot of a hillside that we've not been even worthy to stand there. So small. So helpless. And everything that's good that's come to us has not been because we've been good, but because He has. Oh God. Thank you again for your word this afternoon. Make us willing to go back to the potter's house and spend a day there. Brother Foss, you've preached to Pentecostal conquerors this afternoon. You've preached to young preachers. You've preached to all of us. We appreciate it. Our hearts are open. Our spirits are tender and pliable and yielding. For we know that the mighty task facing the church can only be accomplished by men who've spent a day at the potter's house. I want this entire congregation to stand together with men. If you don't lift your hands, would you lift your heart up to God right now? Let the gentle moving of the Spirit of the Holy Ghost right now be received deep into your soul right now while God is speaking. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. 
praise God, praise God, praise God. Thank you for coming to be with us on this great Youth Evangelism Ministries Day. Thank the Lord for His presence that has graced every portion of this service, the tremendous challenge, the beautiful reports of what God is doing through youth evangelism, and then capped it all by a deep, searching message. I thank God again for the preaching of the anointed word. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So beautiful and so much in divine order. And thank God for it. God bless you. You are dismissed from the Pentecostal Conquer service, but if you would remain steady just a moment as Brother Becton comes. God bless you. Thank God for this tremendous message and this tremendous atmosphere. We want to make the announcements for the furtherance of the afternoon. There is a closed minister's meeting right here in this.